man. Talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. You're goofy. Don't piss me off, Art. week of December 20th, 2018. I am Bruce Pataglia of Puck77.com. And I'm uh, James Cole, uh, also of Puck77.com. And welcome to Laced Up, a hockey podcast. Uh, the Christmas season is upon us here, Mr. Cole. Fa-la-la-la-la. Fa- you, you're not a big Christmas guy. I'm not. And we will get to that in a few minutes. But, nice. uh, I mean, are you done your shopping? I think I asked you last week. Is got, everything done? You good to go? I got one gift left I gotta track down tomorrow. Nice. Um, my, my stepmother's not an easy lady to shop for. Nice. So, but other than that, yeah, I'm actually ahead of schedule. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yourself? Um, nope. No? Nope. That's tomorrow. <laughs> That's when people are listening nice. to this on Thursday. That's what I'll be doing. See you at the mall. Yeah, it oh. should be good. Should be a good day. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I wanted to address at the top of the podcast here the, I guess, departure of one of our major influences of Dave Lozo from the Puck Soup podcast, which is, uh, I guess, the podcast that we more or less sort of. Um, were the closest thing to, I would say. Strive to be. Yeah, yeah. strive to be. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Mr. Lozo has, has departed due to, uh, I guess, career kind of getting in the way Overload. sort of thing. Yeah, just overload. He's burnt out, folks. And, uh, yeah, he, he he was one of the better sports Twitter follows, I would say, up until recently. And, uh, obviously, now he's busy. Now he's got a real job. But... Um, See, I don't, I, maybe I missed that. Like, what is he doing now that's got him so busy? So he's one of the writers for Katie Nolan's ESPN show. Okay. Uh, which is always late with Katie Nolan. Yeah. And that is just kind of burning up some time because he has to commute every day to the head office in Bristol, which is not close to his home. And, like, between the commute and the actual work schedule because he's a writer so he's just constantly writing yeah it's not like a okay he goes to work at 8 a.m and he leaves at four like he probably is there 13 hours a day and then goes home goes to bed and wakes up and does the same thing Uh, you know what i mean because you want the show to be as good as possible yeah no it's the same thing as like a writer it's the same idea as like saturday night live well and he's also mentioned on the podcast too that i don't think he owns a vehicle which also makes things a little more fun. He's riding the trains, riding the buses. Nice. So just you know, your average, average Joe. Just your average Joe, Dave Lozo. So uh, we wish him well because um, their podcast and his writing and his outlook on sports major influence on us for oh, sure. Yeah. For you, for sure. Oh yeah. Because you're the depressing one on this podcast, and that's kind of he's kind of a depressing uh, steer, figure. Steer into the skid if you know if you have to. I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's funny. Like, I would tell you to check out that podcast, but he's not on it anymore, so I don't know where it's what's going to end up happening. But they're going to continue it. It's going to be Greg Wyshynski and probably Ryan Lambert. When did we find out? Uh, they're usually Thursdays, so it might be tomorrow or Friday. Okay. I, just, I, I, soon. I, I couldn't remember if he said they were taking, like, a week off for Christmas. No, or he's, what, he's had two people approach him, and he was expecting to release something this week. So Mint. Yeah, should be good. So, uh, you know, that'll be a nice little Christmas present for, for you and I. Hopefully. You know, get us into the Christmas season. Hopefully it's not like Greg Wyshynski and Pierre McGuire. God, could you imagine? <laughs> no, nothing nothing would uh, displease Greg more than being on a podcast with Pierre Maguire or having to listen to Pierre Maguire. That's, that's fair. So, uh, that'll be tough for him. Uh, speaking of the Christmas season, it is, uh, I, I definitely should note that tomorrow night because we are releasing this on Thursday, December 20th. Uh, tomorrow night is the big Joe Willis bash at the Red Lion Smokehouse here in Thunder Bay. The money that you donate at the door will go to Camp Quality. Uh, it's up to you how much you want to donate. It's uh, recommended at least $5. Um, so it'll, it'll be a good time. There's a live band. There's a live DJ. Hopefully Joe Willis doesn't make a speech. Uh, it should be a pretty good time, you know. Julie Willis will be running the door. She's a sweet, sweet oh. gal. That's a delight. Yeah. yeah. So that that should be good. So definitely check that out if you're in Thunder Bay looking for something to do tomorrow night. You'll be there. Yeah. Spe- um, speaking of, if I can ooh, just take a, a, inter- a moment. Interject, sir. Uh, speaking of uh, December 20th, uh, uh, the listeners of the uh, Laced Up podcast, if you would join me in, in raising your glass, because I know that if you're listening to this, you're drinking something, uh, in, in wishing uh, my co-host Brutes a, uh, a, a happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Any, any plans for the big day? Um, well, i got to go to the mall, do some Christmas right. shopping, because yeah. that happened again this yeah. year. Here we are again, yeah. and still not done. It seems like every year you're shopping for Christmas. Oh, and that's my last day off before Christmas, yeah. too, so that's uh, that's it's got to happen. Nice. Yeah. Fair that's, enough. That's pretty much it so far. i gotta I got to head up to Tony's shop, drop off some underwear that I bought him. i got to bring my hairdresser some underwear, um, so not, i got to do that tomorrow. Not something that you everyone does for their nope. hairdresser, but... Nope. Nope. Um, I'll be sure then, to ask them how they are on on Saturday when I go for my cut. Sure. Yeah. And then yeah, maybe uh, maybe grab a brewski. We'll see. Beautiful. We'll see. Are you doing anything tomorrow? I have a, a nice little lunch shift in the afternoon, and then uh, the uh, the night is young. Nice. Well, maybe we'll get early evening drunk. Mint. Then uh, I gotta be I gotta be in bed. But uh, ah. but you know we'll 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 get the party going. Yeah. And then we'll stop it abruptly at ten thirty. <laughs> Um, I got a little quiz for you here, speaking of which. You're not a big Christmas guy. Oh, God, no. But uh, you are a big movie guy. Sure. And so what I thought I would do is combine your hatred for Christmas with your love of movies. You sick bastard. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little quiz, because what happened here is that I was going to give you something related to Christmas movies, and somehow I stumbled upon this list on, I can't remember what web page it was. Uh, Here that, at Waste Up, we love to source our, our, our credits. I'm not so. sure how reputable <laughs> this, sor- this source was. Yeah, but that's fair. Um, it listed every actor that has appeared as Santa Claus on screen Jesus. on a major motion picture. Uh, now, now, like for example, it doesn't count when you're just wearing a Santa suit and you're not supposed to be Santa in the movie. So, for example, Billy Bob Thornton in Bad Santa does not count because he's not playing Santa, you know. Clark Griswold in Christmas Vacation does not actually play Santa. In fact, he specifically says he's not Santa. I, I would would Billy Bob not count? He, he plays Santa. He's he's a mall Santa. 
his role in the movie is not specifically the mythical creature of Santa Claus. Ah. Creature. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the species. He's not actually the species of Sinterklaas. Pinatol. Pinatol. Come and take your toes. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little quiz here. I'm going to name an actor, and you have to tell me if they have or have not played Santa Claus in a major motion picture. You ready? Uh, uh, Sure. Okay. Uh, Number one. Tom Hanks. Played the conductor in that weird train movie. <laughs> the fact that the you Polar can't Express. even name the movie is yeah. not a good start for your Polar first one Express. here. I'm going to say true because I feel like the conductor was actually Santa Claus. That is correct. Uh, Tom Hanks does voice Santa Claus in the Polar Express. Oh, nice. And I believe if, I believe you're right. The conductor does turn out to be Santa Claus. Uh, number one. two. How many questions you got? We got ten. Oh, okay. So we'll say we'll say this is a tougher one. We'll say six is a pass. Sure. sure. It's a tough sure. one. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Wow. Huh. Um, I'm going to go with true. That is also correct. Uh, Leslie Nielsen has played Santa Claus in two different pictures. Wow. Uh, All I Want for Christmas and Santa Who? Question mark. Uh, both from the year 2000. That's insane. Yep. Wow. Yeah, you're two for two. Okay. I uh, I really thought Leslie Nielsen was going to trip you up there. Well, like, it's funny that you said that from 2000, because uh, the whole time I'm thinking, like, no, like, early in his career he probably did something before he became, like, a comedian. And... 1968. Exactly, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Rob Reiner. Oh, God. See, he's got the figure for it. I'm going to go with false, though. You are correct. I made that up. Rob yes. Reiner has never played Santa Claus, or at least has never been credited in a major mm. motion picture as Santa Claus. I'm sure he's been a mall Santa on sure. a few occasions. Just as a part-time job, perhaps. Yep, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, number four, Kevin James of King of Queens fame. Huh. Or Paul Blart Mall Cop fame. <laughs> or Paul Blart 2 Mall Copier fame. Segway to hell. Zuki, is he Zuki Zookeeper, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. Is that a movie? He's in that boxing film. Oh yeah, that wasn't good. Bring on the boom or something. Here comes the He's boom. He's in that, uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. That's all right, though. That's true. That's okay. I'm going to go with false. You are incorrect. Hmm. Uh, Kevin James played Santa Claus in the 2007 straight-to-video classic Elmo's Christmas Countdown. Yeah, I'm going to fail this quiz. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you got a nice early lead. You only uh, need three more to pass. Think fair. about that. You have, you have six more to go here. Okay, okay. Uh, number five, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Holy shit. Um, of Big Lebowski fame. False. Uh, you are correct. That's I made that up. Jeff nice. Bridges has never played Thank Santa God. Claus. Thank God. No. So you're four for five. Doing pretty good. Nice. Two more correct. 80%. Yep. Brian Cranston. <laughs> <laughs> of Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle fame. And uh, Trumbo fame. True. You are correct. Brian Cranston played uh, in the 2001 motion picture The Santa Claus Brothers. I'll have to look up who the other Santa Claus <laughs> may have been because I didn't even think about that till right now. Okay. All right. So this is potentially for the win. Nice. You have four chances at it. So, right. But your first opportunity here okay. of Billions fame, of Sideways fame, Paul Giamatti. False. 
Uh, you are incorrect. Paul Giamatti uh, played Santa Claus in the 2007 motion picture starring Vince Vaughn and himself, Fred Claus. Uh, yeah, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you you're five for seven. All right. All right. Kurt Russell. Again. Um, of miracle fame. Wow. And the hateful eight fame. Wow. A bonus episode miracle commentary. <laughs> Former guest podcast. on the podcast, technically. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope this is false. False. You are incorrect. Oh, boy. Uh, Kurt Russell is currently playing Santa Claus on Netflix in The Christmas Chronicles. This is, uh, this is not good. You are, uh, what are you then? You're five for eight. Yeah. Number nine. Okay. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman. Wow. Of Welcome to Moose Putnam. <laughs> <laughs> Of Runaway Jury fame. Was that his last film? Uh, I think so. Oh, That's what that was called too, right? Good lord. Because there was a few Jury movies I watched in high school and I get them all mixed up. Alright. I, I, I hope this is false. You caught me, James. Oh, you caught me. Thank God. Gene Hackman never played Santa Claus. You're <sighs> six for nine. You all register right. a pass on the Christmas quiz. But now, you have a chance to go seven for ten and be a Christmas quiz master. Oh, nice. James Earl Jones. Now, I know what you're thinking, kids. With thinking he was Santa Claus. Uh, there was a lot of, you know, Isaac Hayes was yeah. on the list. But that's the thing I about Santa. I think Danny Glover played Santa Claus. That's, that's the thing about Santa. He's a he's a mythical creature. And he doesn't <laughs> uh, he doesn't register as, no. as, a, as a race or even a human. No, he's a species. Okay, so I'm gonna go with true. You are correct. Hot damn! I'm a Christmas. Now master. I want I want you to tell me for bonus points. Am I lying with this movie title? Recess Christmas Miracle on Third Street. Like the animated film yes. Recess. Okay, Show. I've seen that movie. <laughs> That's a real movie. Yeah, my grandmother had that film. Nice. Seven for ten. Well, there you go. I guess you're not so bad at Christmas. Not so bad. Well, you know, I mean, I may not like it, but it's part of our culture. Yeah. So. Well, is it? I don't know. I get you're not. You're not religious. I, what I, the hell do you care? I, I tricked. I tricked Megan Wochi into thinking I was Jewish for like a whole year. It was hilarious. A year? Well, about that. Because I guess I made some comments like the first time I went over there for Christmas. <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't want to know anything about your comments, but and like right. and like a year later, Meg is like, "Wait, I thought he was Jewish." You know, I'm not Jewish, Meg. Hmm. Yeah. Well, happy Hanukkah, Jimmy. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we should talk hockey, maybe we for should. a little bit. We should uh, briefly. There's, um... but to the delight of everyone listening, there will be a second quiz. Oh God! At the end of the episode, in in which you know I have some questions for you and. And uh, so we can Certainly. look forward to that. Certainly, if if we don't like hockey, we have four matters to get to this week, yeah, we like uh, which is a which is a lot lower than normal. I'm I'm sure you're thinking, but uh, they are they are not short matters. Doozies, yes, is what I would uh, say. There have been four pretty significant pieces of news over the past week. Um, the Flyers fired Dave Haxtell. No, they didn't. They hired Joel Quenville. No, they didn't. And then an hour later. Uh, that was not true. They announced that we have no plans to fire Dave Haxtell. No, they didn't. And that report is not true. 
And then the next day, they fired Dave Hackstall, their head coach. Interim coach Scott Gordon will take over. Hackstall? Hackstall. Possibly the guy that caused Ron Hextall to get fired a month ago is now out the door. Mm-hmm. The Flyers handled that absolutely terribly. My favorite Beyond part. belief. Yeah. Bad. My favorite part is that the reason that Hackstall probably got fired may have been, you know, ratified in the fact that the Flyers called up a goaltender. Carter Hart won his first NHL game, a uh, 3-2 win against the Detroit Red Wings on Tuesday night. <laughs> and like... Uh, of world junior fame, of WHL dominance fame. Like, like Dave Haxtell's biggest problem this year... Like, I don't, I don't love Haxtell as a coach, but like, I'm just like... his Me neither. His he deserved biggest to get problem, fired, for sure, yeah, a while his, ago. His though. biggest problem this season has been the fact that they've had, what, six goaltenders now? They couldn't find any stability between the pipes? So... Yeah. You're going to fire Hextall because you don't have a goalie because your coach can't coach the team without a goalie. Then you're going to fire the coach who got the GM fired because the coach didn't have a goaltender that he could put in the net and rely on game in and game out. And then you turn around and call up the only guy in your organization that could have potentially saved both of their jobs? Like, is this is this not adding up to anybody else? Like, like who... Like I, I get that Fletcher was the guy that obviously would have had to have fired Hackstall, and like he wants to come in and, you know, put his own spin on, on the the you know the face of the of the team. But how how is ownership you know sitting back and, and looking at this and thinking like this is a okay? This is how we want to run our club. I um, I I don't think Dave Hackstall deserved the way that went down. Look, uh, I don't understand how long it took the Flyers to physically go into a room, tell Dave Haxtell he was being fired, or call him on his phone, or text him, or do whatever it is they did to inform him, that they couldn't have just done it Sunday night when that report broke, when they were already going to fire him Monday afternoon. So why would they come out, back the coach, and then come out the next morning and be like, hey, you know what, that, uh, that Dave Isaac had a pretty good idea, we should just fire you. Like, I don't understand where that comes from at all. To me, I think the Flyers handed that unbelievably bad, but it is just a trend of an organization that has handled issue after issue after issue poorly for 20 years. And I think it is ridiculous. Ridiculous the way they handled that. Yeah, I mean, like. I don't get it at all. The only thing I can think of is that, you know, they had all this in place. And then Quenville's camp backed out, or like maybe something was misconstrued there. Well, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh shit! Like now we don't have Quenville. Now we can't fire a coach. We don't have a contingency plan. Like we don't have anyone lined up to take the spot. Well, and that then, was the interesting thing, right? Because Quenville was the one who initially denied the reports. Yeah. So I don't know if the Flyers then, like you're right. Like I don't know if something fell through. But regardless, I, I just don't get how Dave Haxtell goes to bed that night thinking he's the head coach of the Flyers. And if he oh, didn't, he I think the Flyers should have just got ahead of that while they could have. Oh, well, yeah. Because they really, really made that look like they're ridiculously incompetent, which they seem to be based on the way they've handled things for 20 years now. Dating back to Eric Lindros, this organization has handled issue after issue poorly. Because it, it, it was Haxtell that went the next morning to Fletcher and said, like, hey, can you give me a... I vote of confidence here after all these reports that came out yesterday. And basically, Fletcher couldn't do that. 
and Hextall was, yeah, maybe. was like, oh, that's what happened. That's that was well, that's what's reported. Yeah, yeah. So there have been a lot of things reported. Well, I I, thing, I, though, so. I trust the reports uh, more though, the more so than I trust the Flyers organization at this point. Well. So. I agree and I don't agree with you, though, because yeah. the report is what got them into that mess in the first place, right? And then another report and then yeah. another report. And then, yeah. You know what I mean? I like, guess so. I guess one good thing came out of this is that uh, Carter Hart won his first game. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Like, why <laughs> did they wait till now to call him up? Like, can it be both that it was the coaching and the goaltending? I don't think so. Like, can't I, I don't know if it can be both. No. Uh, like, in certain situations, sure. Probably not this team, though. No, not a chance. You know? Like, I don't think Jake Allen got Mike Yo fired in St. Louis. But oh. I think better goaltending in St. Louis could Helps. have kept Mike Yo his job. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's the case there. In Philadelphia, hands down, the goaltending is the reason Hackstall got oh, fired. Oh, I, I agree 100% so. with what you just said about, about Yo being the case in Philadelphia, though. Like, if Philly had a better coach, or sorry, a better goaltender, this doesn't happen. No. Now that said, the coaching was an issue too. It like it, great. like yeah. like both of these things are are an issue, but they're not at no. like it's ninety percent the goaltending, ten yeah. percent the coaching. The coaching wasn't great. The goaltending was astronomically bad, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And this team still found ways to win some nights. Like I don't understand how this team wins hockey games some nights, but they do. But they've they've got a they've got a potent offense. Like they can put up goals. It's just the fact they can't keep them out of their own. It's net. decent, right? So, like like they have a good enough team. They're better than teams that are ahead of them in the standings right oh, now. Yeah. Like that's for sure on paper, anyway. So, uh, yeah, I have I have absolutely no idea how the Flyers get off handling that. I feel bad for Dave Haxtell on the same hand. I would have fired him a long time ago, but I really don't like the way that they they handled it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never a big fan of his coaching, but one thing I will say about him is uh, I don't think he deserved to go when he did. I thought the or timing was really yeah, weird. No, yeah. uh, the the week before Christmas and and all through the house, not a hack stole his coaching, not even a mouse. I hate this fucking Yeah. So that happened. I don't know. So what's gonna happen in Philadelphia? Like who who becomes the next coach? Does Gordon finish the season? Like what the hell is going to happen here now? Because this is a mess. I'm, I make no predictions about this team. I, they're they're, I ti- they're, they're, they're like the tire fire of the anything league. Anything could happen. This is a tire fire. They, they could they could be the first team to go coachless the rest of the way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Carter Hart could win thirty games in a row, and we're talking about the Flyers in the playoffs come February. I, I have no idea. On the hands of Scott Gordon, sure, former Maple Leaf assistant coach, <sighs> former Islander head coach. Like you look at Fletcher's track record, and he's he's got he's got a history of going out there and getting the big name coach when he can. And right now, that guy is Joel Quenville. But clearly, something in Quenville's mind is keeping him out of Philadelphia. So, is it a matter of Fletcher's going to wait this I out? I got two more weeks left on my Bears yeah, season exactly. tickets. I'm not going anywhere. Like, is is Fletcher just waiting this out till Quenville's ready to go, and then hiring him? Nah. Like, you know, like, if I'm Joel Quenville and, and I'm the Philadelphia Flyers and I just came to you with an offer on December, what, 17th? Yeah, no thanks. Like, Christmas is, like, a week away. Like, I'm not jumping into bed with you last-placed idiots that can't figure out how to put a goaltender in the net in October. And now it's December and the season's already, like, lost. So maybe yeah. Quenville comes back in yeah. the new year. But there's no fucking way he's coming out... A week before Christmas, I uh, 
I, I will expand off your theory a little bit here too. Nice. Is that it's pretty possible Joel Quenville looked at the way a lot of the other head coaches that have been there have been treated. Maybe. And maybe just said, fuck that. Because, like, if Peter Laviolette could get fired four games into a regular season after taking a team to a fucking conference final, or sorry, Stanley Cup final, that's not really an organization I want to get in bed with. Yeah. I'm not really want to get involved either. Because Hall of Fame coach or not, because Laviolette's making a case to be one now. Quenville is also one, like... If they didn't treat him any better, you know, just because yeah. Q has a few extra cups, like, you know what I mean? Who's to say he's not in and out in a year and a half? I don't know. I, he has nothing to gain from it, so I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go there. No. I, uh, you got to go to the right team, and I don't think that's the right team. Screw him. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. Uh, next is Corey Crawford. Uh, Corey Crawford suffered a concussion on Sunday night? I think so, yeah. Sunday night. Dylan Strom, his centerman was kind of propelled into him while he was trying to defend a rush. Uh, He crashed into Crawford, and Crawford's head slid back and hit, I can't quite remember, the goalpost or the the back bar, I think it was, eh, by the camera? Uh, Oh, the the middle bar? Yeah, 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 I think that's what he hit. He is out indefinitely with a concussion. If you will recall, about two, three months ago, I thought... I said I would be surprised to see Corey Crawford play another game. Um, I'll give him a lot of credit. He came back. Uh, This is going to be really tough because he's had some major issues with this type of stuff. It's going to be a pretty long recovery, you would think, because his most recent one was was not too long ago. He's married. He has a one-year-old at home. I don't really think that we want to start risking the long-term health of this guy. So basically what I'm saying is, is unfortunately, I kind of think that might have been Corey Crawford's last game between the pipes. Because uh, it's a long road back, and I don't know if it's worth it at this point for him. I'd like to sit here and tell you that like he came back uh, after what he went through last year and was like him, like his, his old self, but... The reality is, is that he wasn't having a great season at this point to begin with. Uh, Chicago is not in a great spot as a franchise. He's 34, 34 years old. He's got a fairly sizable cap hit. It would have been a hard situation to see him getting moved to a contender. And we're talking about a guy that's already got a couple cups. So, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I, I think Corey Crawford needs to really you know, sit back and, and take a look at this and say to himself... I've I've had a, a great career. Like as far as goaltending goes, if you get two cups in today's NHL as a goaltender, like congratulations, like a round of applause to you because it just it's so rare, it's so hard to do. The days of, you know, the Devils and the Avalanche going back to the finals every year, and you know, on the backs of guys like Berger and Awah, they're kind of over. Like goaltending is is at such a a premium these days, and there's such a high turnover. You know, one one year. You're on top of the world. You're the Vesna winner. You got a cup. The next year, you're a backup goaltender for the you know last place team. The parity in the league, it's gotten everybody nice and tight. Everybody's nice and close. You never know if you're gonna make the playoffs year to year. Yeah, I think Corey Crawford needs to seriously consider calling it a career. Like you're you're 34. You're not old, maybe, but yeah. you're not young. And you know what? This is a guy. Like I, I look at him mentally. I could see him transitioning into coaching. I, I could see him getting a jump 
maybe a little earlier now that he's you know facing these kind of situations. It's not like he's the kind of guy that's going to retire and then you're never going to see him again. Like he could go into work in the NHL. He's he's a smart guy. You can tell uh, the way he handles himself in interviews and you know the, his outlook on the on the way the position is played. He he knows what he's talking about. And be it goaltending coach or if he wants to take on the entire bench, that's up to him. But I I could see him in that kind of capacity in in a few years if he wanted to to pursue something like that. Oh, yeah, you had the look on your face like you were still oh, going there. Well, you know. Um, the thing here for me is that you have to you have to weigh in what he has to gain yeah. to continue playing. And look, like we're not sitting here like no one's sitting here. Nobody is sitting here hoping Corey Crawford doesn't play a game again. I don't. I'd love to see him back in the crease. Like how could you not? It'd be a great story if he came back and played another 2-3 years, 4 years at some point, won another cup. Uh, you know, maybe wins it for the for the uh Quebec City team that'll be in the league or you know the Montreal Canadiens might need a goalie so he can go home win a cup. Um but, uh, sure. yeah, it's, uh, uh, I just, I don't think that there's risk here. I don't think the risk outweighs the reward. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Uh, or sorry, the risk does outweigh the award. Reward. I know what you're Jesus. Saying. What a mess. What a mess. A couple birthday beers, uh, no. early or what? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, he doesn't really have anything to gain by continuing to play. Like, he, he's, he's won his cups. He's had a great career. But the issues are not going to stop. Like, it is just so much easier to put yourself in a spot to get another concussion once you've had one. And in that position that he's in, uh, playing on a team with not great defense, too. Like, let's just let's point that out. Like, what's stopping Brent Seabrook from running straight India because he can't catch up with the other guy and, you know what I mean, loses his footing? Like, it's such an accident-prone sport the most accident-prone position. I don't see what he really has to gain by continuing to play. And, and unfortunately, I think that this is uh, probably it for Corey Crawford. But uh, I almost yeah. hope this is it for Corey Crawford. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say that players are, are getting better, and I can't think of who it was last week, but there was someone in the league that got hit, got hit in the head. Concussion, concussion spotters didn't see anything, but he alerted his own medical staff. Or you know who it was? Was Michael Furland? Was on the car- on yeah. the Hurricanes? Yeah, right. And yeah. Furland pulled himself out of the game. Yeah, it had nothing to do with concussion spotters. Like good on Michael Furland. And the point that I'm getting at here is that I think we're finally at that point now where most people, not all, but most players, kind of recognize concussions are not worth it anymore. Mm-hmm. There was a time when it was, you know, you got your bell rung. Yeah. Um, let's you- get back out there. Like there's still some of that. But we still got that, like the Dustin Bufflin there. You know, he comes back, he wants to get back in the game, and right. a day later, oh yeah, you have a concussion. Well, so, but I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever had one. You know, I've had several. You don't know you have a concussion sometimes. Like, yeah. you don't feel symptoms immediately in certain cases. Sometimes it's just the way you react to because you're not thinking clearly that you write off the symptoms that you say, well, it's not a concussion. I just have a headache or something like that. Well, no, that is probably a concussion. Like, you know what I mean? They're, they're more than likely tied together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I don't fault Bufflin there because I, I get it. 
but I do think we finally are at this point now where I think, basically what I'm saying is I don't think Corey Crawford's going to be like, no, I got to keep playing, I got to keep playing. He's going to sit down, he's going to look at his family situation, he's going to look at everything he's done, he's going to look at his age, his contract, the money that's owed to him, and understand, like, there's no reason to come back. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If If he can come back, great. If he can't, then you've done well. Yeah. You've, you've had a career. Yeah, there's, and, there's, uh, I don't think there's any regrets on Quick Crawford's part, that's for sure. No, I, I can't imagine. So, I mean, we, we wish him the best, um, but obviously that, that was a pretty major news story this week. The next two are by far weirder than the first one, and the Crawford one wasn't weird, it's just unfortunate. But this next one is really, really quite strange. You don't see it happen very often. Uh, Buffalo Saber, yeah, you knew exactly. He went, he went straight to his like player page on there. Um, Patrick Berglund of the, or formerly of the Buffalo Sabers now. Uh, so what happened was is Berglund missed a few games last week due to what the Sabers called an illness. He was later suspended from the team for going AWOL for not showing up. Very, very, very little information has come out about this situation. The Sabres placed Patrick Berglund on waivers for purposes of contract buyout. No, never mind. That was today, this this afternoon. Uh, he is expected to clear uh, by Thursday afternoon at noon. A really bizarre situation that you don't see very often here. No. But uh, essentially, Berglund and the Sabres are finished with each other. And it is assumed Berglund will likely take some time as a free agent and probably sign somewhere after that. Yeah, really weird. Yeah, it was. I mean, like, he played that uh, <clears throat> OT game against the Leafs uh, a little over a week ago now, and uh, I'm not a Buffalo guy, but, you know, you're watching the game, and, oh, yeah, Patrick Berglund's out there, and he looks okay, and, like, conditioning-wise, he didn't look out of place. Like, he still looks like an NHL player. Aside from this, this whole situation with him more or less leaving the team... Could be for any number of reasons we don't know, and obviously it's, it's you, you can't just not show up to work. I get that, like you know, you, I'm sure if if you had a, an emergency and you, you know, loaded the Buffalo Sabers, they would be all more than you know accommodating. But uh, the fact of the matter is that he didn't, and just kind of fucked off and tried to come back, and and they weren't having any of it. Uh, you're right, bizarre to say the least, because this is. You know, you see it once in a while, a guy doesn't report to a new team, you know. And then, well, after a while, yeah. eventually they'll show up. But he'd been playing all season. It's, this wasn't like he didn't show up in October for training camp. I'm, I don't want to be a Buffalo Sabre. You know, like, he'd been there all year. So, yeah. what, you know, where did this go wrong? Does he well hate Buffalo? So- or here's what I understand about it is Elliot Friedman reported over the weekend that apparently there was some sort of an issue when he signed his contract initially that um, he was supposed to have a no trade list in by this past summer uh, July 1st 2018 for whatever reason the paperwork did not get in in time he did not submit his list and therefore his no-trade clause became void, and the Blues traded him the next day. Mm. So whether or not there was some funny business on the Blues' part, and we're going to hear about that, I'm sure, moving forward, or the Sabres' part moving forward, um, my understanding is that he had no interest in going to the Buffalo Sabres. He went anyway. 
he tried to make it work. It did not work. Uh, he had four points in 22 games, and, and like you said, he looked fine some nights, but uh, I, I've watched a few more of their games than I have um, in most years recently, and he's a non-factor out there. It is a bizarre situation, but from what I understand, it was something that he tried to make work, and it just didn't work, and he... I mean, I'm not condoning what he did. I, I get why he'd be pissed. Uh, I... I I guess I I think it's good he showed up. Uh, but what would surprise me if this were true, and this is why I kind of doubt it on the other side, I don't know why you don't go to the Sabres and ask for a trade immediately, and I don't know how they don't just trade you. Because it, you would think it would have been easier just to trade him and get something for him rather than just to terminate his contract entirely. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't find a spot for him, but I mean, this is a guy who's been a serviceable NHL player for years. And kind of just fell off the rails this year. They're, you know what I mean? They may be covering their own asses to a degree. Because if, if there is some funny business with his no trade clause. And it comes back. And you know it's it's discovered that the Blues were at fault here. To, for whatever reason. And then the Sabres go out and trade him. Like you know what I mean? Like they might be just trying to avoid any issue that could arise down the road. And yeah. just said you know what? It's not worth it. What we would get for him just, you know, isn't enough for us to, you know, get involved in this situation. We're going to get rid of him. Let's just wave him, get him out of here. He can do what he wants, sign with whoever he wants. Mm-hmm. And because, you know what I mean? Like if if it if it comes out that, you know, this guy was traded twice on a valid no trade clause. Now we're looking at some big, big issues uh, with the Players Association. Well, so you think that, see it. Your wording was a little unclear to me. I'm not. Do you? You don't think that he currently has a no trade clause? No, but I, I think he might okay. be still trying to debate the validity of the Blues transaction. Uh, maybe. I'm not so sure. Again, it's. I'm. I'm not so sure by your wording. I think the issue may be that the Blues purposely nixed the no trade clause, and sabotage the paperwork wow that sounded crazy to say but like that would be more what i would think had happened like i don't think the blues just kind of fudged the paperwork like i think they maybe the fax machine just magically didn't work on time kind of thing you know what i mean and it's easier to blame that on the player and be like well you didn't submit your paperwork by 5 p.m and you know margaret left the office at 5 10 she didn't have your papers and no i guess she sent them at 5 15 while margaret was in her taurus by then fire margaret yeah, fire Margaret. I don't understand how Patrick Berglund takes the uh, the brunt of this, you know? Yeah. Let her go. I don't know. Cut her loose. Like I, I'll, I'll, like I'll, Cousin Christopher on The Sopranos. Just I'm interested to see where he ends up next, what the details are there, you know, what he has to say about the situation. Because he's, yeah. he's going to have to say something. Like, someone's going to have to bring that up eventually. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, look, more than likely what happened here is he got to Buffalo. He tried to make it work. Uh, you know, he likely screwed up his own paperwork, didn't want to go to Buffalo, tried to make it work, it didn't work, and now he's just being like, hey, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And, you know, not that I'm trying to bring light to certain situations either, but there have been a lot of players in the last few years that have done that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, it's possible. It's really quite hard to say what happened here. I mean, the last time we saw a contract terminated was Jake Dodgen at the start of the season. But there were reports that he showed up possibly as many as 45 pounds overweight. So, I mean, like, I get terminating that. The one that I remember before that was Vadim Shipachov, 
who was just an absolute, you know, mess last year when he got to Vegas, and immediately they just kind of said this isn't going to work, and he said it wasn't going to work. You know, before that, you're kind of dating back to, like, Mike Richards and Jarrett Stoll more so, right? Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, the magnitude of the contract, anyway, is what I mean. You've seen, like, you know, European free agents leave after a month all the time, but... Um, this is not a European free agent. This is a seven-year, eight-year veteran of the National Hockey League. I think longer than that, even, possibly. So, uh, yeah, it's a little weird. And I guess we're going to see what happens there. My prediction is he's going to sign somewhere, and then uh, we're going to hear quite a bit afterwards. I don't imagine we're going to hear anything until he signs somewhere. Because yeah. uh, the more he says right now, the, the, the muddier those waters may get. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we'll see. Right, Jimbo? Oh, you bet. I'm excited for it. So to see what happens. Okay, here's the final piece of news, and probably the messiest, and I know you're thinking, how could it get messier than any of those things? Well, uh, Andrew Ference was a guest on the 31 Thoughts podcast. Remember Andrew Ferentz, kids? Yeah, of, uh, with Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick. Uh, Andrew Ference, for those of you who don't know, is the former captain of the Edmonton Oilers and a Stanley Cup champion with the Boston Bruins. Uh, most known for flipping off the Montreal crowd uh, in the 2011 NHL playoffs as a member of the Boston Bruins. Rightfully so. Uh, Well, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, I do not agree with that. Yeah, so uh, Andrew Ference was on the podcast talking a little bit about his experience in Edmonton, and he had some interesting things to say. Uh, I'm not going to rebroadcast the whole interview for you, but essentially what he got to, uh, got into saying was that the Edmonton Oilers, when he was there, were not quite his veteran dynamic. And the games would end, and they would lose, and he would go home, and the boys would go out. And the next day they'd have practice, and he'd be there, and then everyone would kind of roll in a little bit after he would. And then they'd have another game the next night on the road, and then he'd be in the hotel after the game that they inevitably lost, and then the boys are not around the hotel. And basically what he got into saying was that there was a massive party atmosphere around the team, that there was only so much he could do that they wouldn't buy into everything he was saying because he was kind of, and not just him, but other players on the team as well. Uh, You know, it's not like it was 1 versus 21, 22 guys in the dressing room there. Yeah, essentially there was almost a mutiny of the of the younger uh, players. He went into defending head coach Dallas Eakins at the time, which maybe the one thing that he did say that I kind of bought. But uh, um, look, I, I don't doubt Ference in saying that these things happened because there's no way anyone on this earth would make up things like that to cover their own ass about a team that they were captain of over like four or five years ago. And like no one cares anymore. Yeah, they, This is before McDavid was even there. But uh, I don't really get why you bring it up at all. Like, why ever bring that up other than maybe if you're uber pissed at the time and you ask for a trade and you bring it up to the general manager. Or you just bring it up to the general manager. You just bring it up to the head coach. Why would you ever bring anything like that up to Elliot Friedman or Jeff Merrick or anyone like that? Because all that is is kind of just stabbing guys in the back and regardless of if you know they were out partying like i don't think that's the way to handle that situation that's really really scummy to me to bring that up after the fact i like it why there's too much of this 
beating around the bush. Everybody's got the same answer in the NHL. You know, like the pucks in deep philosophy kind of thing, where everyone's just got the same answer. You got no, no, you know, well, what personality. But what does it do to bring it up? Like, like, how is it a positive thing to bring it up now? Like, I don't know. Like, I totally agree with you. Like, I, I love. You know, I like, like you were saying, Corey Crawford and, like, Ron Hainsey and these guys that give, like, kind of off-color interviews and, like, Patrick Laine saying, like, yeah, Vancouver does fucking suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you don't gain anything from this. Like, like you, if- you don't gain any respect. No one is going to give you the benefit of the doubt. It's not like they're like, oh, poor Andrew Ferentz. Like, I didn't know he was dealing with that kind of shit when he was there. Like, how does that affect anything for you to bring it up now, like I don't understand why bring it up. What are you accomplishing? Well, I, I don't know if it's necessarily that he wants to accomplish anything. Like you have to look at maybe the position he's in. He's he's a guy at the end of his career, and he's got a team that could care less about you know. Like you don't get those years back. You know, like he he lost out on a few years at the end of his career playing for a bunch of kids that you know basically just didn't give a shit about him. I'd be pissed too. Like, it's a bad situation. You had a coach that came in, uh, first time in the NHL. Clearly, he couldn't control the dressing room. You know, uh, I, I don't know. And and now you see these these guys go off in different directions. Taylor Hall, he's coming off of uh, an MVP season. I I don't know. I don't blame him. If you're a little bitter, sure, someone's going to ask you a question in an interview. Answer truthfully. What like? It's, it's I, I don't know like if someone asks me a question, I'm not gonna you know sugarcoat it and try to make their job nice and easy and you know like oh yeah, gee Taylor Hall he was a dick to me when I was still a player and now someone's asked me about Taylor Hall I better not say anything bad about Taylor Hall because you know he's still playing in no I, I don't know like I I don't think Andrew Ferentz owes any of those guys uh, anything in terms of defending them for being the type of players that they were at that time. You're all young. Like, everyone's young once. I get it. I'm not faulting them for doing what they did, but I can see how it would cause not, a ripple you're not effect. faulting them for what they did? I'm not, I'm not faulting them for I, being I would young. Fault, I would fault a team for going out every night. Oh, I'm not saying that they should sure. be going out. I'm just saying I get why young guys go out. Because you're only young once. You're yeah. only made of this money once. You know, like, you're going to enjoy the time you have to a degree. I'm not saying it should be every night on the road, but sure, a couple guys want to go out and have some beers after the game. I'm not going to get pissy about it, but I'm also not going to say that Andrew Ferentz isn't in the right to get upset about it when it gets brought up. Uh, well, so if Andrew Ferentz is the guy that's booking the agree. interview with Elliot Friedman to make this point, yeah, that's a dick move. He's not doing that though. Elliot Friedman came to him, asked him a question, he gave him an honest answer. I respect that. I respect honesty, for sure. Definitely to hockey players, you don't get it as much. What I don't respect it is from a player who... See, this is where I think you and I differ a little bit. I don't really think Andrew Ference ever earned the right to say anything like that. Because Andrew Ference was not a model player by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. Uh, he did not deserve to be the captain of that team. Whether or not... You know what I mean? That Someone was his, that way. his choice, right? Yeah. So, But he tried to do the job the best he could. I understand that. For me, I, I, I don't understand what you have to gain by saying right now that 
that's what happened. Yeah. Like it's just to me that's over. It's done with. I don't think it's if about you want to talk anything. about your team in Edmonton, you talk about the skill. You talk about you know maybe your experience there. Maybe don't even fucking like talk about much. Like just kind of leave it alone. But to me, it, it, I just I don't understand why you would answer the question that way. I don't know. You can only you only get kicked so many times, I guess. You know if. You keep you keep giving the same answer, and then you know finally someone's gonna give you the platform to you know really get what it is that's on your mind out there. You take it, and you know maybe maybe he didn't need to word it as you know descriptively as he did, and maybe he in- included a few more details than he should have. But I don't know. I I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't think he was a model player. But someone gave him that responsibility. Someone decided that Andrew Ference was going to be the captain of that team. And whether or not he should have been the captain of that team, he was. So he's got Mm -hmm. the most insight into what it was that was going on in that dressing room. Uh, He was the guy that set the tone in terms of the leadership of that that team. I don't agree with that. I, I think, to a point, the captain is most... It is for the fans at the NHL level a lot of the time. Um, you know, I'm sure that there are teams where the captain is legitimately the leader in the room. I'm sure that in Chicago, Jonathan Taves is a leader. In Pittsburgh, I'm sure Sidney Crosby is a leader. I'm sure that there are other teams in the NHL where one guy's got the C, and yeah, you listen, you respect the guy, he's the captain, but, uh, you know, the room kind of runs through a different guy. Like, that has been the case in teams where I've been on, I've been around, I know people who have been on teams like that. It's not a disrespect thing to the captain, but I wouldn't say that everything runs through them all the time either. And Ference probably was one of those captains where, yeah, he was the captain, but a lot of other things were going on. I don't know that that that's just his place to say anything like that, though. Like, I, I I don't think that that's his place. I don't think it's anyone's place. I think if that happens, it's... It's it's in the room. It stays in the room. It's not literally in the room, but it, you know what I mean. It stays in the room to me. I get that that team is no longer together. Most of these guys are on and have moved on. But I I I like being honest. I get it. I get where you're coming from there. But to me, I I, I don't why I don't get why you would ever say anything like that about a team you were on. Hmm. I I find it you deal with it to... internally at the time. Yeah, I just like what are we sitting around talking about right now? If if he just sticks to it and says, oh yeah, we had, a, we had a crappy team and just didn't come together, you know, like it was management's fault, you know, they didn't put a, a, a strong enough roster on the ice, you know what I mean, like, he says that and then now he knows that he's not telling the truth, Yeah, guys on the league know he's not telling the truth, but someone else is going to leak that. But for me, it's pick a lane, right, like if you're if you're sure. a leader, be the leader, you're the leader still, like you're, you're, a, you're like be a leader, Yeah. otherwise don't be a leader and, and you know, maybe you should have handled it differently at the time or... You know what I mean? Like, I, it's just pick a lane to me. What are you? Are you the leader or are you not? Are you, you know what I mean, a veteran player that was trying to help these guys along? Or are you just this sour old guy that was looking to squeeze a cup out of this team that wouldn't have probably made the playoffs anyway? Like, it's hard to say. To me, I, I don't I don't like bringing it up at all. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, listen, like, the way he answered the question, he, he answered the question there was another way to answer it and that's the way I probably would have gone in that situation that's just one of those things I just don't think you, you bring up hmm. he's getting ripped real real hard who's, who's by a lot of people 
I don't. I haven't read anything. That's you're the first person I've heard or read that sided with him. Okay. I I am new to the story. Yeah. I, I just just kind of heard about it as uh, we were setting up here. I mean, but like I've read some takes. Some of the writers do like the transparency that you've said. It does raise some other questions as to what was he contributing in the room. So is anyone maybe saying Elliot Friedman should have been ans- asking these questions? Nope. Interesting. Nope. Interesting. Nope. But these people ask these questions all the time. Right. People write books if you all don't the want, time. If you Sean don't want Avery's the, written a if book. If you don't he, want the you know, answer, don't ask the question. Um. Well, no, Elliot Friedman got the answer he wanted. Elliot Friedman's not mad at okay, fucking sure. Andrew Ferentz. But if everyone you know else I mean? isn't going to be okay with the answer... Mm-hmm. Then why aren't you upset with the guy asking the question? So, I, but again, like I, I don't think it's the writers quite as much. It's more so like former players who are writers, former players uh, who okay. are broadcasters. It's, uh, I mean, no one who's currently in the league. I'm sure I didn't see anything like that. I don't. I don't, can't imagine like Ben Sherratt was like what an asshole mm. out of nowhere. You know. One person in particular who was quite upset with it was Ray Ferraro. Because, again, like, it was kind of one of those... It's kind of one of those things that just happens, but you, you leave it alone. Yeah. But... Yeah. Whatever. It's uh, it's an interesting story. It's some insight into an Oilers team that was it's, really, really bad. Yeah. See, is it any different than Daniel Carcillo coming out and talking about this hazing that he went through? Yeah. Because the hazing... The hazing wasn't okay at all. It's not okay at any level. Whereas, like, there's nothing, like you said, wrong with going out for a beer or two. Um, you know, you, you hope you take the game seriously in between, but my issue too is that did, did maybe they go out four or five times after four or five games where Andrew Ferentz just didn't like them going out on that particular night and kind of took it out of context and said it was a, an issue because they did it a few times, or did they do it 82 games a year? You know what I mean? He made it seem like the 82 games, but like, who's to say that that is what happened? So to go back to it, like, I I have no problem with the Carcillo thing, because nobody had any right to do anything like that. It, it, it's it's clearly off the limits, and even though it seemed okay at the time, that's never okay. I am not going to argue with some guys going out for some beers, although, you know, I do side with Ferentz slightly in that, I, yeah, I, after a fucking loss, I'd probably go to my room too, but at the same time, if, if they want to go out, that's their decision. Okay. But uh, but I think it's I think it's majorly different, yeah, yeah. than the Carcillo thing. No, I just uh, that that insight into, into the dressing room kind of thing is. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah. I, it's again, you asked a question, I answered. It. There you go. <laughs> All right, you have an exam for me or oh, something. Get out your pen oh, and God. paper. How much? How long is this going to be? Is this going to be half the well, episode? We don't have a top ten this week because we could. Yeah, I, can, I know that. We couldn't think of a top ten topic this week. And, well, it wasn't uh, more so that it was uh, more so you had an exam, so well, we're just gonna. We're, we don't have time for a top ten. It's it's going to be about the same length as a top ten, maybe maybe shorter, depending on how well you you do. Mm. Um, so we've got the World Juniors coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start on Boxing Day, and now, Brutes, you and I—we are both Leaf fans. We've we've not we've not hid that fact from the world. Oh, God, please tell me this isn't a Leafs World Junior quiz. It is. It is a Leafs World Junior quiz. Now, this is a two-part God. quiz. We gotta fucking hash out all the mistakes, I, uh, all the terrible draft picks. No, no, no. We're not going. We're not going that extreme. Oh, I would never. I would never subject you to that. God, I don't want to talk about Chris Domenico that much. 
Um, what I'm gonna do <laughs> is is this is this is two parts, as I said. Alright. Um, I'm gonna go through very quickly the Trauma Maple Leaf roster, and I the current roster, the the, the, roster. the guys on the team as of today. Okay. And what I want you to do is tell me whether or not they were a World Junior player. Okay. When that's done, and you know who has played for the World Juniors, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to name the guys that have won gold. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, I believe there are 17 of the current Leaf players that have played for the World Juniors. This should be fairly simple. Frederick Anderson. <laughs> that's not an easy one. No. Uh, yes, he played for Denmark in the 2008 World Juniors. Didn't think Denmark qualified the yeah. particular year. Yeah, the year before they didn't, the year after they didn't. Okay. It was just, uh, uh, Connor Brown. No. Uh, you are correct. Uh, despite a 128-point season leaving the OHL, uh, he did not make mm-hmm. Team Canada that year. Uh, Travis Dermott. No. Uh, yes, he played for Team Canada in 2016. I don't remember that. Yeah. No. Uh, this should be a fairly easy one, uh, Tyler Ennis. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, that is correct. Jake Gardner. No. Uh, Jake Gardner played uh, for the USA uh, in 2010. Cool. Uh, Freddie Goche. Yes. Uh, yes, on two occasions, in fact, 2014 mm-hmm. and 2015. Uh, Ron Hainsey. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, Ron Hainsey played uh, two seasons uh, for the USA. Jesus. 2000 and 2001. Uh, Justin Hull. Yeah, I forgot he's on the roster. No. Uh, you are correct. Justin nice. Hall did not play uh, in the World Juniors. Zach Hyman. No. Also correct. Uh, did not play. Uh, Andreas Janssen. Yes. Uh, that is correct. 2014 with Sweden. Uh, Nazem Kadri. Yes. Uh, that is also correct. Kasperi Kapnan. Yes. Yeah, quite <laughs> quite well. Get a good it, one, yeah, I heard. Yeah, uh, Par Lindholm. No. no, he did not play for Sweden. Yeah, I that, can't that imagine is, that. that is correct. Martin Rinchen. Ooh, I'm gonna say yes. Martin Rinchen played in three different World Junior wow. Championships for Slovakia. Well, I was thinking because he was a highly touted prospect. Yeah. Uh, for a second, I also thought he was Swedish. I know he's Slovakian. I just I was yeah. thinking of the wrong country. Yeah, there. there you go. 2010, 2011, and 2012. Good for him. Paddy Marlowe. Yes. No. Patrick Marlowe was injured uh, his uh, age 18 year (sighs) and then went straight to the NHL. That was back before they had uh, hospitals as we know them today. Medical science has come a long way in the last 480 years. Uh, Mitch Marner. No. Yes, he played in 2016. Uh, I just remember the year he got cut. Yeah. That's all I could think of. Yeah. Uh, Austin Matthews. Yes. Uh, Two seasons, yes, 2015 and 2016. William Nylander. Yes. Uh, that is correct. 2015 and one game in 2016. I remember watching him. I- Igor Orzhiganov. Yes. Uh, yes, 2012 with Russia. Mm-hmm. Morgan Riley. Ooh. He must have. 2013 with Canada. Yeah, because he wasn't on the Leafs, so. Garrett Sparks. Mm, I'm going to do this for Diz. I'm going to say No. Garrett Sparks, uh, 2013, with Team USA. Uh, Diz will be pissed. Uh, <clears throat> John Tavares. <laughs> yeah, I was there. Yeah, you were there. Also for Ennis. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Nikita Zaitsev. Yes. Yeah, two years, 2010, mm-hmm. 2011. So, 
now that we've established who played okay. in the World Juniors. Well, John Tavares and Tyler Ennis won gold. Yes. Can't we have confirm. we have we have eight gold medals to get through. Okay. So you're gonna go with John Tavares? Yeah. You're gonna go with Tyler Ennis. Yes. Okay. Um I just had one. Forgot who it was. Casperi Kapanen. Casperi Kapanen, two thousand sixteen. Oh boy. This gets a little tricky now, eh? A little bit. Uh one of my more recent tweets should kinda help you out a little bit. Yeah. No. Haven't been on Twitter a no, lot lately. Fair. You liked it. Been but, a little busy. Yeah, yeah I, I might have seen it. Yeah. I think, because it, it was a reply, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. I remember the reply, I just no. don't really remember what it was in no, regards that's to. That's fair. Uh, God, I can't remember what year, who won what. You said Ojiganov was 2012? Uh, Ojiganov was 2012. With and Zaitsev as well? Zaitsev was 2010 and 2011. Ooh. I'm going to say Ojiganov won in 2012. He did not. Okay, I'm going to say Zaitsev won in 2011. Uh, he did. Okay, I couldn't remember there which year Russia won there, so... It was a process elimination. Yeah. Uh, Three to go. I don't even remember who's on the Leafs now. Has Sweden won in a while? What was Sweden's last gold? Uh, it was recently. I think it was the year before Kapanen's 2015. So Nylander? Alright, so not Nylander. So not 2015. Okay. <laughs> Um, God. Oh, Freddie Goche. Freddie Goche. Yeah, uh, yes. That's that was glaring right in front of me. Twenty fifteen. Hmm. Kadri lost. So, what year was Gardner there? Uh, Gardner was there. Oh eight. Twenty ten. Oh, Gardner won then. Gardner won. Am I done? Is that it? You got two more. Two more. Jesus. I don't know, Matthews. No, Matthews never won. Oh, I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, that I'm a couple years early on that. Uh, I'm gonna come up. Be honest with you. I'll be. I'll be up front. John Tavares had two, so he was one of the eight. Two of the eight, technically. So. Oh well. Yeah. Th- I thought we were uh, looking for eight names here. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take. I'll take his second off. Yeah. The, off that's, the board. Well, that's what I meant. So there is one name remaining. Uh. All right. Let's go for the win here. Just trying to think of who's on yeah. the Leafs. Not Denmark, I can tell you. I don't know. Janssen? No. Um, Garrett Sparks with Team oh, USA. Gross. Now, this this has got oh. a bit of an asterisk next to it, and this might make you feel a little better. They didn't actually win. Oh, um, nice. This was back when teams still carried three goalies. Garrett Sparks did not play... A minute of this tournament, he was the third goaltender, but they still got medals, so he still counts. So that's your that's your rundown. Serves him right. Yeah, sit on the bench. It's where he should be. I think that was the John Gibson year. John Gibson's a good goaltender. Twenty thirteen. I don't know who the backup was, but Sparks was not you even. Don't know who the backup was? Look up who the backup was. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. Okay. Uh, it's probably someone who's not even around. God, who's that? Oh, so what? They're twenty. They're twenty five. Fuck, who is a 25-year-old American goaltender? God, I can't name anyone. Well, you, should, you should probably name someone. This is impossible. John Gillies. John Gillies is correct. Yes! Yes! Oh, boom! That's mint. He's actually 24, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, good for John Gillies. Yeah. So that, that was your quiz. Um, you did pretty good. I wasn't really keeping track, but... Good for you. I got most of them. I you, think I, 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 I only got two wrong there. 
technically. Yeah, you, you well, I don't know about the first part. The first part was just a crapshoot. Yeah, boom, 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 boom. That's just a crapshoot. Yeah, you, I think you got you guessed Janssen and that was wrong, and then you guessed Ozhiganov, and then figured out Zaitsev as a result of that. So. Nice. Yeah. We, um... We're getting together on Boxing Day, I guess, say, to watch, uh... To watch Denmark, Canada. <laughs> I should hope so. Yeah. A couple go beers. Dan, you don't go, work the next morning, go do you? Denmark. Uh, no, I didn't. Dan, 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 go Denmark. Denmark. Oh, tell your Denmark, yeah, but I will. Um... It's worth noting for the for you loyal listeners, um, we are not 100% sure when next week's episode will be out, or if it will be out even next week. We will keep you guys updated on, this is, this is a two-in-one kind of plug here, follow us on Twitter and Facebook for updates as to when our next episode may or may not be out. Uh, we will have a guest probably the next two episodes, so it won't be just us droning on about... Uh, World Junior... About, rosters about Garrett Spark. Well, actually, one Christmas of the episodes will Santa's. be us droning on about Garrett Sparks, probably. Yeah. Um, Christmas Santas, yeah. Like, Jesus. I really thought James Earl Jones was going to trip you up. I'm surprised that I didn't like immediately know that it was him in that film, but I, I did. I did have that film as a child. So. You know what? One of my favorite roles of James Earl Jones is, is was his appearance on House. That's as fair. The, as dictator Makembe or something. Makumba. Oh man. Yeah. He they, like he. You know what I mean. He steals the show there. Yeah. I was convinced. I mean, like, granted, I was like fifteen or sixteen at the time, but I was like convinced he was going to get nominated for like a Emmy. for like the best yeah. supporting actor Emmy in one episode or whatever. And he did not get nominated, and I was I was crushed. How Outrage. does that not happen? Outrage. How does it not happen? He, he, guy puts on a clinic. He's James Earl Jones for God's sakes. You could say he put on a hospital clinic. Um. Yeah. Come on out to the Red Lion Smokehouse tomorrow night. It's five dollars to get in. It's a hundred to leave. The best part is that uh, it'll ruin the magical uh, imagine. You know that 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 <laughs> rememberable ability. Rememberableness. It'll break that magic spell when you finally meet us and realize we don't look anything like how you think we look in your head. Oh, see, but it's great because. You know, you're you, but I'm not me. Like I, I'm and not. We are all I am together. Not Bruce Pataglia. <laughs> so, yeah, people. I won't even have to talk about this. You'll have to talk about this probably. Fuck, Everyone knows who I, I have am. To inter- introduce you on Friday night as Brutes, just in case. It like, depends in what context oh you're talking to people. Oh. See if it's a strictly podcast matter. I am Brutes Pataglia. ESPN. Na, 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 na. We um, we are also uh, we might key up. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to talk to you about this right now while we're still on the mic. Is me. Uh, we might do another movie commentary, oh, pro- probably in January. It's not going to happen this month, but uh, it was suggested by a few loyal listeners that we do a movie commentary of the, I believe, 1999 classic, Mystery Alaska. Oh, is, nice. Kurt, is Kurt Russell the guy in that? I can't remember. I think so. I thought so. Well, I gotta look it up. Or is it Russell Crowe? No, it's Russell Crowe. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah I think it's you're Russell right. Russell Crowe. All right. Don't get your wrestles confused. Let's uh, let's do a little quiz. Oh, Christ. The roster game. How many Mystery Alaska cast members can you name? Kevin Durant and Russell Crowe. That's it, eh? That's <laughs> yes, it. The film also stars Burt Reynolds. No, it doesn't. Hank Azaria. Colm Meany. Uh, I believe there is a cameo from one Mark Messier, is there not? Uh, I don't know. Mike Myers. 
Jesus. Phil Esposito as himself. Little Richard as himself. Barry Melrose as himself. This this may or may not be a real movie. Jay Andre as himself. Dan O'Toole stars. All right, uh, you got anything you got to plug? Not. Uh, I got an article coming out hopefully uh, tomorrow. Uh, but me too. If possibly. If you man. don't like the blues, then don't read it. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. So. What's yours about? What do you got? Um, what do you got? You first? know what? I'm just. Did you interview I'm... Patrick Maroon's hilarious laugh? No, I did not. Did you see that? I did. He kind of laughs like Kawhi Leonard. No, I just uh, kind of <laughs> sum up how the Blues got to where they are now because I don't think anyone saw it going this bad. Like I, I don't think anyone had them win the division, but I don't think anyone had them this bad. So I just kind of summarize, you know. What what the key issues were? And Should be a good depressing read. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Cool. If I if if you could actually read a sigh, you probably would read a sigh. Nice. But. Well, read uh, James's downer, and then you can read my pick me up of Ooh. how the uh, Jets are not gonna have to worry about an offer sheet for Liney. Like cocaine and pancakes, Adderall. Those are two good things. <laughs> Adderall, also good. Like war and pancakes. That's a good one. Love me some flapjacks. Love me some flapjacks. All right. Um, for Laced Up, uh, this is Bruce Pataglia for James Cole. Uh, we're wishing you a Merry Christmas. Enjoy your holidays. Uh, yeah. Everybody travel safe, and we'll hopefully see you before. Hear, you'll hear us before the new year. From the entire Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Put me in a cell if I can't go ahead and put the living on me.